0: welcome to episode number eight of the urbanist live the podcast produced by the urban development institute of australia in western australia i'm your host tanya steinbeck ceo of UDIAWA, and in this episode i'm talking to chris green our director of policy and research at udia today we're going to discuss our newly released state election campaign the impact of the building bonus and home builder extensions on the market as well as looking at some of the latest property market statistics but before we start I'm pleased to let you know that coming soon to WA is a new approach to mixed-use developments, which is community titles. Highly anticipated by the WA property sector, community title schemes will suit a range of development and property management types, from a multi-storey building to a large-scale land development. This episode is sponsored by landgate who is calling for feedback on the draft regulations that will support the community titles act 2018. so to have your say visit strata.wa.gov.au before 9 december so welcome chris hi tanya so big day on friday just gone we hosted a uh, huge lunch with premier mark mcgowan and we had the opportunity to communicate to him what the key priorities are from the urban development industry's perspective in the lead-up to the state election. Can you give us um, just a brief insight into what that looks like?
1: Yeah, Tony, so we, we launched, our, uh, I guess, our election campaign, and it's basically built around three pillars, which are economy, environment and livability. And what we really want to do now is... Um, out of the back of COVID I guess is to really try and drive forward the state and pick up you know where we left off really probably at the end of end of last year now obviously things changed uh, around sort of February March time with the with the COVID outbreak but really to try to get back to where we were and really grow uh, WA and obviously leverage the opportunities that the state has got and I think you know we've certainly shown that there's a lot going for us and you know we really do offer quite a fantastic lifestyle and the way that we've managed to to cope with COVID has been you know it's been exceptional. Nowhere else in the world has really been close to us. And it's really now about trying to drive drive that forward through economic environments and livability. So in the in the economy pillar we really want to leverage the infrastructure investment that we've seen. So we've seen you know fantastic investment by the state government, but really let's leverage that, let's give the certainty to industry. So uh, industry can deliver and we maximise that return on investment that the state government's put in. We want to try and grow the population again, you know, in the right in the right manner, so you know it's got to be safe to do so, but let's look how we can can support that population growth long term, not just in the in the people returning because of, of COVID or, or whatever. And then as always, red tape reduction is a big um big policy area for us. And similarly tax reform, really let's have a look at the property taxation regime and make sure that it delivers effectively uh, both for economic reasons but also society reasons so make sure that those taxation settings are right and there's obviously some big opportunities in there things like built to rent coming coming forward now maybe we need to support that but let's have a look at the impact of uh, the tax in that in that area and, and make sure that it's right environment is an area that's seems to be becoming increasingly important, um, particularly with the possible on hold of the SAPA, really to try and get a strategic environmental approval process in place. Then obviously make sure that we're, we're well prepared for climate change and have policy and settings in place that deal with that. And of course, that means maximizing our water resources, which are becoming ever more critical, particularly for development. And then also maximizing the, the reuse of cycle materials in, in construction. And then the third tranche of that campaign is about livability and making sure that there is an affordable supply of land and, and dwellings available to support our society and, and ultimately our economic growth, to deliver a diversity and make sure that there is housing choice available to all within the community, to try and foster a bit of innovation and also really to try and develop that brand for WA. So what it is about WA that really is going to be clear. So, so that's in the livability space. You know, there's three, three pillars there. They're all probably interconnected so in one way or another, but hopefully all the parties can agree that what we're trying to do there and we can make some positive change moving forward.
0: Mm. And so following on from the talk about housing choice and, and housing diversity as part of what we're focusing on um, in the lead-up to the election, it was fantastic to see on Friday the Premier announce the Median Density Residential Housing Code in draft for comment, how do you think the medium density design code is going to deliver better outcomes for WA?
1: Yeah, so that's, that's one area we've you know, we've been pushing for a while to get that code out. So obviously it only came out Friday, we need to have a look at the detail. One of the key areas for us always been a challenge is making sure that the infill settings are right versus the greenfield. We feel that in the certainly in the greenfield context we can deliver good quality medium density outcomes the infill is perhaps being a little bit more difficult and challenging and that's perhaps not being driven by too many of our members that some of those we've seen some of those negative outcomes. So but hopefully we can we can fix that up. It was obviously a clear priority for the government pre-COVID was to try and push that uh, intensity density housing products out there. It does tie very strongly to their priorities that were, that were there. Uh, obviously, it's taken a while to get to get this through, but yeah, we'll certainly be reviewing it very closely with both our planning committee and our housing diversity committee and, and putting, a, putting a strong submission in for uh, at the end of that consultation, which ends in uh, April time. So we've got a bit of time there, but we'll certainly be looking a- across all the settings within that to make sure that they deliver the outcomes that I think everyone wants to see.
0: Mm. And I think, too, the state government needs to be congratulated, particularly the Department of Planning, Lands and Heritage, on the extensive consultation that they've done throughout the development of the draft policy, which I think has been done extremely well. So I'm looking forward to to reviewing that in more detail. So, moving on now, obviously, yesterday we saw the extension of Home Builder. So, we've got more of an opportunity now to receive the grant from 1st of January to the 31st of March 2021, albeit $10,000 less, now down to $15,000, but certainly a welcome extension from industry's perspective. How's the market looking with our our stats on sales, and what do you think we're looking at over the next sort of six to nine months or so?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, Tanya. There's, and there's obviously a few things within that. I think the extent or the, the extended time period for sales will it's obviously going to support demand. No, there's no question about that. But obviously, there was a hefty incentive on the table for a while now, so we're probably we're not going to see the big numbers that we saw come through early on. But you'd think it would certainly help. Demand. I guess the key factor is what's the building industry's capacities to be able to deliver dwellings within that time frame because, whilst the sales period is extended, the six months extended beyond that is still within the, the the end of 2021 period for the for the state's building bonus scheme. So it's still within the current time frame where there's incentives running. I think what it will perhaps do is people who signed up later on. It will maybe cushion their blow from having twenty-five thousand dollars or or nothing, um, so it, it will help. And you know, certainly fifteen thousand dollars is still a lot of money. So, if there's anyone out, if there's anyone out there who, who couldn't find a block or or they were still undecided or whatever, you'd think it would it would help them and and draw them into the market. In terms of our sales, what we've seen is you know gradual erosion or declining numbers ever since the the grants first came out. So. The end of November the average sales for this month were 86 a week that's up the back of November where we were at the week the sales were hovering between sort of 130 and then falling down to to just over 100 so there's been a little bit of a fall there what's interesting is when you compare the sales to November last year which is probably the only real comparison you, you can have at the minute given everything that's happened this year mm. is the sales were, were up so we had 370 Sales this November in the in the weekly land snapshot survey, which compared to 294 last year, so it's approximately 25% up on the year before. What was interesting looking back at last year, we had there was a, two big weeks and two small weeks in November, so I'm not quite sure what what was behind that. I must admit my memory is a bit vague given everything that's happened this year. And then the previous year, so 2018, the sales were actually consistent. So back in 2018, we had 387, but actually a five-week month so the average sales there was 77 versus 86 this time around so we're up a little bit on november 2018 up 12 percent what's interesting when you look back in time that for the past three or four years november's been strong it's it's been a lift from november and then and then december's always sort of hard back obviously with the christmas period so november has normally been a, a decent month for us and obviously Historically they're still we're still at high levels, but yeah, we're seeing that slow slight decline. It'll be interesting to see how that new extension to the to the home builder does come into play and, and what happens, but it's probably early days. I think more long term, what is interesting, I mean everyone's looking to see what the population growth is, is going to be and where it's at. still very hard to get accurate figures on that because ABS haven't got recent numbers. What was interesting, they did put out some provisional stats for, for June and they reckon there was a, a gain of 400 people in the Perth metro in the June quarter, which compared to se- the loss of 70 the previous. Now I was a little bit surprised by that. It seemed a little bit low to me given where the rental vacancy rate is at. We did a little bit more digging. What was interesting, we looked at school enrollment numbers. And they were up one and a half percent in the start of the school year, and then again they do a second survey in the September quarter, and they are again at 1.57 percent. And that that's roughly seven, an extra 7,000 more students enrolled than there were at the same time last year. So, to me, that that is way above you know those 400 people that ABS reckon are in Perth at the minute. And what is really interesting within that is Five thousand of those students were secondary school age students, so it's it's not natural population growth to me. So there's there's people coming back in from wherever, and I just think we're we probably ahead of where the ABS thinks we're at. We're still trying to everyone's still trying to work out where where we are, but it's looking strong signs ahead. Again, to to look at more long term, what is interesting? We've heard a little bit of talk about mining investments going well, and. Uh, We looked at the mineral exploration expenditure. And now that is at its highest, it's been since September 2012. So in the September quarter, there was nearly uh, 500 million spent on exploration, which is uh, almost back up to the peak of 2012 figures, which got up to 600 million. Now, our lot sales traditionally, there's about a 12 to 18 month lag between sales. And or between mining exploration investment and then an increase in sales. So who knows? Maybe, maybe in a year, eighteen months time, if everything was was as the usual, we would see a bit of an uplift. Obviously, with the borders closed, uh, and certainly the in international borders closed, there will be some question marks around that. But it is again another positive sign that perhaps next year might be a little bit better than perhaps we thought it would be few months ago, um, but I guess we'll wait and see.
0: Mm. And I think certainly we've seen increased commentary recently over the last week or two, ANZ in particular, forecasting some reasonably significant price growth in the established housing market in WA, which seems to be really positive and coincides with an extremely low vacancy rate uh, for rental properties.
1: Yeah, that's one... One that I struggle to deal with at the minute is the median house price hasn't shifted for, uh, for a while now. So okay, we've still got re data from from September, and I think it's 475, and it hasn't moved from the from the June. Selling days has been dropping like a stone, but the the median sales price is still still pretty flat. But Rewa are anticipating yeah, significant price rises for next year, I think we're going to see that, particularly when we come out of the monitorium on uh, rentals and the, you know, the rental vacancy now is really tight, so uh, less than 1%, less than I think this handful of times it's been below that across I think the 40 years or so that Rewa have been. Be monitoring that. So Mm. we will see uh, some price rises. I guess it will just be exactly how high they go.
0: Mm. And we we are starting to hear anecdotal evidence of uh, investors starting to return back to the market. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see uh, how it all plays out over the next six months or so. So before we finish, I just wanted to thank Chris for sharing his thoughts today. If you had one message in a bottle for listeners to take away with them as they continue the rest of their day, what would it be?
1: Yes, yeah, so certainly. As we come to the end of 2020, I think everyone's glad to see the back of that. And I think, I think the the clear message for us is, as WA has shown, that uh, live, work, and invest in WA is the way to go. That that's our election campaign. So, so that would be my my message: live, work, invest WA.
0: Fantastic, thank you very much. And thank you for listening in. I hope today's discussion has been of value to you. Our thanks go to Landgate for sponsoring this episode and a quick reminder that you have until 9 December to provide your feedback on the draft regulations that will support the Community Titles Act 2018. This podcast has been produced to complement our quarterly magazine, The Urbanist, which explores a variety of thought leadership topics, providing new insights to assist you and your business. Our magazine is made available to our members and anybody who wishes to subscribe, head to our website udiawa.com.au for more information.